Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's episode 153 of the Audible Farm Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Couchtown Coffee. Couchtown Coffee is roasted right here in Iowa, and one of my favorite things about it is when you make an order, they roast it for you and then ship it to you. I mean, they're they're making these small batch coffee orders for everybody and shipping them out to you, so that's one of my favorite things about it. It's some of the freshest coffee you'll ever have, and they're not just roasting piles of coffee and hoping they sell it eventually, letting it get stale or nothing. There's none of that here. It's all roasted, made to order, and it's amazing. It's some of my favorite coffee I've ever had, and I'm serious. Uh, I'm not just saying that because it's on the front end of this podcast. I drink it every morning, actually. There's a cup right over here, and uh, I got more on the way, so thanks, Couchtown. If you guys want to try some Couchtown coffee out, go to couchtowncoffee.com. Find a coffee you like, make an order, and when you do, let them know Audible Farm sent you, and they'll give you 20% off. Why? Because Couchtown Coffee is that awesome. This week, I'm sitting down with Sid Bowie. Sid Bowie is a pop singer, and she recently had an album come out. Uh, actually came out in 2020, at the end of 2020. It's, uh, it's, I don't know, I'd still call it a new album. It's less than a year old. And uh, I went to school with her, actually, and took some classes with her. And, and then uh, she put out some music while we were there. And I said, oh, I didn't know you were a musician. Send me some links. And I listened to some of it. And it was right when I had first started the podcast. And I was like, hey, you want to be on the podcast? And she's like, ah, I don't know. And then uh, I, I hit her up recently. I said, hey, you still making music? She says, yeah, I had an album come out recently. So I checked it out, and I was pretty wowed by it. Uh, it was pretty good stuff. I All I have to say is the production value is insane. The music's good, and it has a really good flow to it. We talk about that in the upcoming uh, podcast here, and uh, a handful of other things, like where she gets her ideas from, and uh, you know, kind of even making some videos or some music for TikTok videos, which I don't know if you can tell. I'm not on, I'm not on TikTok, so I don't really know how any of that works. But she's doing it, and it's crazy. Like I I don't know. I just she's taking it to the next level. She's doing a bunch of stuff, and it's pretty cool. Kind of listening to how she got the album idea and the concept, and and how she got it all started. It's pretty sweet. So uh, hope you guys enjoy this one as much as I did. It's episode 153 with Sid Bowie. It's the Audible Farm Podcast. With your host, Peter Stockdale. Today I'm sitting down with Sid Bowie. Sid, you and I actually met um, while we were both going back to school a while back. (laughs) Um, It's kind of weird how time's been traveling through... Like the quarantine era, I guess. I don't know what you want to call yeah, it. but it's very strange. Still trying to get used to it and probably will never get used to it because it sounds like it's going to be an ongoing, changing oh my gosh. thing. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this isn't a political podcast. This is not what we're here yeah, to talk right. about. But <laughs> it was kind of weird because it seemed like everything moved super fast and super slow at the same time. And mm-hmm. then when you try to like recount what happened and when it happened, it's like, was this like a couple months ago or was this like a year ago or was it? almost two years ago now, you know, so it's crazy. Yep. it is pretty wild, but you've been busy during that time span. You've put out some music. Um, when I was going back to school with you, you were like, Hey, I got this single coming out and I remember checking it out and then you had made a music video for it. Uh, can't go back. Mm-hmm. And that was where I was just like, Oh, holy cow, this, this gal going to school with like, <laughs> can do this stuff, you know, and she can sing. And I, you know, it's one of those weird things when you go to school or you go to like a public place where people don't really know you and you're kind of forced to interact with them and stuff. Like, let's say like a job, you know, it's a whole new set of people. Yeah. And then you kind of just like, um, I, I play music. And then they're, yeah. like, they're like, what? And then, you know, some of them <laughs> dig into it. And it's kind of like this weird thing when you run into somebody else that plays music and you're like, I wonder, 
Like what kind of music this person plays because it could be a wide genre. And it's stuff. always a gamble too because I've ran into plenty of people that are like, oh, you do music? I do music too. And then they show me other things and I'm just like, yeah, 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 that, yeah. that's great. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's either like, uh, you know, um, just not your style is some of the most jarring stuff where like I can imagine when, if somebody showed somebody some of the like the most guttural metal they could show them. It's like, this is what I make. And you're like, holy cow, like <laughs> yeah. this is crazy, you know? Um you know, just something kind of like that would always be kind of jarring. But it was weird because it was just like, this gal, you know, makes music and it almost sounds like something you would hear, like, on a pop radio station. It's just like, <laughs> this is insane. And she's just sitting back there taking classes, you know, and it's like, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. So it is wild to, like, run into people that make music and, and you know, that kind of thing. And I don't know if you've listened to any of mine, but that's not like, that's neither here nor that's not the point. Because we're here to talk about your music. But Can't Go Back was crazy. How did you get... Like, that was your first song you ever put out. Yeah. Publicly yeah. at all. I was very, very like nerve wracked about it, to say the least. Um, it kind of goes back a little ways. I, When I first turned 21, I was doing some bar hopping with some friends downtown. And um, we stopped at this one uh, place on East Court called AJ's. Um, it's a little karaoke bar. It's won several awards for being like the best karaoke bar and the best stage to perform on. And I was really nervous. My friends were like trying to loosen me up to get up there. And they're like, we'll buy the drinks for the rest of the night if you go up there and sing a song. <laughs> and so, of course, I'm like, well, shit, now I got to go sing a song. <laughs> so I, you know, warmed up and went up there and sang my song. And people were just very awestruck by it. And I went, sat back down. I was shaken. I was very, very nervous. And um, this couple approached me, uh, Brad Padre and Hannah Sung. And they're both amazing, produ- like, he's my producer. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the one that helped me do um, the Can't Go Back, helped, you know, that music video start off, and then um, got the album going for me, which is a godsend. I could not thank him enough. Um, and then Hannah helped me a lot with, like, my wardrobe changes, and she's, like, a huge artist, um, and she's worked on many projects. But they really helped me take off and get that confidence that I needed, because if they wouldn't have approached me and wouldn't have complimented on anything or, you know offered to help me with anything I don't know if I would be at where I'm at now so it was just kind of like a huge thank you to them for um, getting me going and you know getting that passion to start within me because I've always had a passion for it I just never showed it or I never really thought it was going to go anywhere and look where I'm at now like yeah. I put an album out and music video so it was just kind of awesome <laughs> I'm sure that's a common thing most musicians or people with any sort of like talents on the side think they're like well I, I can kind of do this thing and i'd be all right at it but i don't know where to go from here so yeah. like it's kind of hard to find that starting and stopping need that point. guidance a little bit yeah 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 and it's pretty awesome you, you seem to run into some people that are like really professional about what they do too so like mm-hmm. um i'm sure it's no different you know i'm the music scene is full of people you'll get these weird messages and it's just like hey i'm a producer i got a record company sign with me and it's like what am i doing i'm like i'm not doing that you know and <laughs> You get these weird like emails that are obviously like fake people, but you ran into some real people actually willing to help you out, which is pretty wild. All of that like at a karaoke place. Yeah, and I was very timid at first because I was just like, okay, these random people have approached me. They have a really good sense of style, so that says something. But then again, I don't know these people, and I don't feel like just showing up to their house like in the middle of I don't know where, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. So I was very like hesitant about it, and I brought a friend with me, so I wasn't alone. And I mean, we just clicked automatically. They were very awesome people to vibe with. I automatically felt comfortable around singing around them because that was another thing I was worried about was am I going to be able to open up and like actually show my sound around these people because I don't really know them that well, but they make you feel right at home. And I mean, they made me feel like a star. So I mean, that was like the start of it right there. I was like, "Uh oh, fueling this confidence within me that, you know, I spin off of. But no, it was just, it was a really out of this world experience. I think just 
Um, they recently moved out into Urbandale and they have, or excuse me, Johnston, and um, they are living in um, the drummer of Slipknot's old house. Oh, no kidding. So I got to do some songs there, which was kind of different. I was like, okay, like this is... <laughs> is it like Joey Jordanson's old house then maybe? The dr- yeah, yeah, the drummer. Oh my gosh, because yeah, I, so. I think they got a different drummer. I think Max Weinberg's son is their drummer now, if I'm not mistaken. That's oh. either one of them. But, but Joey <laughs> Jordanson just recently passed, actually. So Oop. that's... Oh, Rip. I mean, yeah, it's kind bringing of... A, the, bringing the podcast down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Slamming the brakes. Uh, no, but yeah, tip of the cap to that. It's kind of crazy how that kind of came around almost full circle there. Um, yeah, I mean, that's really wild. Like, I... I don't know what I would do if somebody like seriously came up to me. I mean, I'm also like not putting myself out there like that too much, but I don't know what I would do if somebody came up to me with like a serious proposition like that, where it was just like, Oh, you'll help me do this. You know, like I, I do have a really helpful like community of people up where I live that, you know, would be willing to help me out, but it's still kind of, it's just kind of wild. You know, have you always sang then, or was this like one of the first times you ever sang publicly, like at a karaoke place? Um, it was my first time at like a karaoke like place, but, um, the very first time I sang, in front of a large amount of people, um, I was in choir for four years in high school, but that was never really like a, I'm in the middle and like right ahead of the attention. It was more like I'm singing with other people and that I, that kind of fueled my passion for singing, but I never really came out of my shell and was just like, I'm going to do this by myself. I'm going to be in the spotlight. Like that was never like in my mind, I was the choir person, you know? Okay. Yeah. And then, um, the first time I actually sang in front of like by myself in front of a large amount of people was um on a cruise ship we were actually um, on a cruise to the bahamas and my parents saw that there was um one night there was a live band performing and you could pick from this like little book of songs that you they could play for you and i saw cindy lopper girls just want to have fun and i was like well i don't know any of these people like if i make an ass myself like i'm never gonna see these people again like so i decided to um put my song in and was just I was just so nervous, shaking the whole time, and I'm just like, do I last minute just not do it? Like, what do I do? And uh, my parents were like, kind of gave me that motivation, that motivational boost to keep doing it. And I finally went up there. I'm surprised my legs even carried me up there. I was just so shaky, and the song started off, and I was really quiet at first. And then all of a sudden, like, I looked over at my parents. My parents were like, come on, like, you can do this, <laughs> yeah. you know. So I'm just like, all right, and I just started belting it out. And I think that was the most fun I ever had was just everybody going from like, oh, this girl and oh, my God, like, you know, yeah, like everybody's reaction was like, oh, my God, like, <laughs> like even the host was, you know, trying to help me at first, like sing along. And then also I started taking off and even he was kind of like, oh, OK, like <laughs> and I think that's where that kind of got me going where I was like, you know what, I wouldn't mind stepping out of the choir world and just kind of doing my own thing and my own style. And that really helped me. I guess get the confidence and then yeah. <laughs> and then it just kind of took off from there um going to the karaoke bar and once again trying to build up that confidence to get in front of people and this time it was people that was in my own home area so I was just yeah. like you know I'm gonna run into these people somewhere again or even at the same places but it was really fun and I really enjoyed it and obviously I don't have any regrets because if I didn't do that I wouldn't yeah. have anything mm-hmm. at this time so yeah, I mean, like, I do love the whole fact of going somewhere where nobody knows you, and it's just like, well, I can just kind of cut loose here and do whatever I want. Kind of like the cruise ship. Um, not to be like, hey, but full dis- full disclosure, I've been on a cruise before, too, and it's kind of like, oh, sweet, I can go out here and not, like, be anyone I want to be, but kind of <laughs> be anyone you want to be, you know, to an extent. It's almost like moving to a new place for a while, you know, and you get to be the new kid, so you get to kind of choose what you want to do. 
Um, you know, so, I mean, that's kind of fun that that was like one of your first, first things you ever did as, as far as like me playing music, the first band I ever joined was in Des Moines, which is like not, you know, it's the Metro area there, uh, kind of like where we're at, but it was, I I'm from like two hours North. So I joined a band in a place where nobody knew who I was. There was only a few people that knew me down here, you know? And I mean, I knew some people from the scene or whatever, but it was just like, I'll play down here where nobody knows me and I can kind of ham it up or whatever, you know, and kind of cut my teeth. And I did that long before I ever started playing music up where I live because it, as weird as it sounds it was just like well these people if they judge me I have to see them at the grocery store you know and you know especially yeah. from being in a small town you know it's like I'm not going through that I'm not gonna let somebody laugh at me and then just be like that's the guy that sucks you know or whatever you know <laughs> he played a wrong note once he's horrible you know <laughs> I don't I'm not going through that so it took me a while to finally actually like bust into it and do it which you know mm-hmm. once you finally break through I feel like that's and just do it you finally realize like oh i can do this like beforehand it's just like do i fit in is it am am i right for this is this something i should be doing but then when you finally actually do it you're like no i belong here with these people you know yeah and that's kind of how it was too because like i said like cruise ship be whoever you want to be do whatever you want to do but then as soon as my hometown i was like i might run into these people again they might be like man that was my favorite song and then you sang it oh no and then it's just like oh okay or like and then there's other people that you know i i sing a certain song that they liked, like, you know, something by Freddie Mercury. And they're like, wow, I never really heard like a woman take that, you oh, know, or like yeah. spin it like that. And so like that kind of got me some traction too, where I was like, all right, what songs can I take that, you know, you don't really see, you don't really hear, you know, women cover it or they don't really spunk it up or twist it to their kind of formality. So I was like, you know, so I started singing George Michael. I started singing David Bowie. I started, you know, doing all those huge names. And Elton John was another one that I sang the other day. And all, you know, just all kinda, great names. Yeah. I feel like as you're saying these, I'm like, that would fit. That would fit. That would fit. You know? So like, there's, that's a really good idea, actually, to take like a guy's song and turn it into a girl's song. Mm-hmm. You know, quote unquote, I'm using guys and girls. But I mean, obviously, anybody can sing any song. But it's kind of cool that you're like you, taking this and putting your own spin on it. Um, I, I mean, it, it makes me think of like there's a, a cover band in Iowa called the Pork Tornadoes. And they do a lot of like female pop songs and turn them into guys songs. Oh, wow. And it's, it's, it works so well for them and it's kind of, kind of wild, but that's kind of like what it reminds me of, but it's the opposite of that. And you're out there like doing that at karaoke events and things like that. That's so cool. (laughs) And like the key thing is just like reading the room. Like a couple of my friends, when they get there, they, I mean, they have an app so you can just put your song in right away. And they're like, did you put one in? And I was like, well, like I kind of want to like gauge the room and see if like, you know, if it's like an older rock and roll crowd or if it's like the new times, the trendy stuff, like dance monkey or you know like how they're vibing and what they're singing because i don't want to put like a random song in and have it just be like a total you know bomb yeah (laughs) yeah exactly i don't want it to be like oh i'm singing you know freddie mercury on a country night like yeah so you just kind of have to like read the room and see what would appeal to them and and so far it's worked out pretty good but you know i don't like jumping the gun and every now and then i do like to put in a random song that changes the crowd a little bit and surprises them because I don't really do country. Um, I have sang like a couple country songs, but it's not really like my go-to. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's more pop or, you know, old-time rock. And so every now and then I like to, when it's like on country night and it's just like super twangy and, you know, I'm not vibing with it. I go up there and just sing like a rock song or, you know, mm-hmm. something more to the times. And then it kind of re-sparks the energy in the room so it's not just constant, you know. Because you can't like get all, I mean, me speaking, I know there's a lot of country people out there, but... You can't really get too into the energy with just a bunch of twang and country songs. Yeah, so well, I'm like, you got to like, it's a club kind of feel. You got to amp it up a little bit. So you change it. But 
no, I have fun there. I always, I try to go out there every now and then just to promote myself now that it's harder with, um, live gigs and everything. Mm -hmm. You don't really know what's playing or who's going to be out there wanting you to play, but, um, I do, I do out there with my, with my cards, (laughs) cut that part. (laughs) (laughs) Get all tongue tied. Business business cards. Yeah. I go out there with my cards and, uh, just kind of, if they show interest or they're like, Oh my God, you're really good. I just kind of be like, Oh yeah. You know, happen to have an album out and you should check it out or, Mm -hmm. and they're like, Oh, okay. You know, like they just don't see it coming. So I like kind of marketing it that way just because there's just, like I said, not many places that are wanting to play gigs right now and it's hard to get a good time to play a gig. So, but so have you performed any of your songs live then? I've only performed one live and it was before, surprisingly, before the pandemic. Um, I did have a good friend, Alejandro, who goes by Olipop. He's actually <laughs> my guitarist. Um, he and I played out at Smoky Row, the coffee shop oh, cool. out there. And we played uh, Seasons, which I have not released as of yet. So it was kind of like a test the waters to see how people reacted to it, if they had any input on it or anything like that. So we just kind of did it for fun and it did really well. We just never really got around to recording it until like just as of late. We literally finished the song, I would say maybe a month ago. So now I'm just tweaking it and getting ready to post it. So cool. And that'll be, I'll probably come out as a single then. Yeah. So a lot of my other songs are probably going to be singles instead of albums. So the album concept, I mean, that's something I could dive deep into. Like it, takes a lot of time to put out an album and then once you finally get it out you're like all that work is done now and i have to start over from scratch Mm -hmm. and it took eight to ten months to a year to put this thing out and i had no promotion in between and then it's out and what do i do while i'm you know how long can i promote this but the single thing Mm -hmm. is is like you can put out a single every you know month or every couple months and be like and that's what i love about it is because like you can just be like yeah that sounds done and then just release it you know you don't have to worry about like a big build-up or a big promotion Mm -hmm. but with the album it definitely took me Honestly, like a year and a half just to like write it, compose it, put it all together, send it to Chris Denny, who is the other producer, which huge shout out to Chris Denny. He literally shaped that album. Um, Brad Padre and I actually just made it, sent it out to him. He was in, I think, Korea at the time. Now I believe he's in Florida. Um, Great guy. Awesome guy. He took his own spins to it. He added things here and there and just literally made it what it is today. So nice. Huge shout out. But. Yeah, that's uh, you probably think this album is about you. That's your new album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like uh, that's something I don't even know if we like brought that up yet. But you did have a, an album come out, came out in October 2020. So it's you know about it's almost a year old now, mm-hmm. which is wild because when I went to school with you, I was just like, oh, she put out a single and a music video. That's so cool. And then I hit you up. <laughs> maybe a couple months ago and I was just like, Hey, you still doing music? And you're like, yeah, I had an album come out. And I was like, yeah. what? You're like, like, wait, what? I didn't know this. Like, um, and I don't know if it's just the algorithms on Facebook. I don't see what you post or, or what, but it's, it, I was just like, all right, I got to check this out. So a few weeks ago, I, I listened to it through once. And then the last couple of days I've listened to it a couple of times. It's a great album. It's insanely well produced. That's like one thing that was on my mind while I was listening to this. I was like, this, this isn't just some like ho-hum garage rock nonsense here. This is, this is full bore high production value stuff and that's one of the things i had to tip my cap to you about and it it, you know you've got some great producers (laughs) there working with you and that's i think that's something that i don't want to say it's undersold in the music scene but so many people uh you know think they can do everything in-house and are either scared to or can't afford or don't want to go out and let somebody else look at their stuff before they put it out yeah it's tough it's tough i'm I'm always a big fan of just saying like i'll pay you to make this sound good But now your job is to make it sound good. You know, exactly. it's not like it didn't sound good before, but we need to polish off all the corners here and make it perfect. And the album's great. Um, 
I mean, we could go into that for sure. Uh, I listened to it, and it's a pop album. It's a lot of songs about uh, love or love lost or the difficulties of relationships and things like that. And uh, I'm sure that, like, since you're writing all this stuff, this is stuff that kind of, like, you know, comes from the heart. You know, Mm -hmm. it's something that you've either contemplated at one point in time or or you take, like, one small issue you had with somebody and then, like, turn it into a whole song and uh, just about your feelings and stuff. Like, let's, let's, like, go over some of that because... I do feel like once you get to the title track of the song, it almost has like a gear change and it turns. <laughs> yeah. It, so it, it definitely starts out a little bit like rock and rolly, a little bit of punk. Yep. And then it kind of ends with more of like a, I, I like to think of it as like a letting go. Because mm-hmm. like at the end, there's more of like a jamming tune, um, very acoustic, very upbeat. Because um, it all kind of sounds a little sad. I won't lie. Like there's some moments in the songs where it's just like, oh, like, there was some heartbreak. There was some turmoil going on here. Like she's trying to mend. And at the end, it's just kind of like a letting go. Like, like you think this song is about you, Mm -hmm. you know, like, like you thought the album was about you because it probably is like, like you're the one that kind of inspired this to happen, whether it was a good or bad time. But essentially it's kind of like, I know people keep relating it to like a Taylor Swift, but it's not like a country, but it's definitely about all the exes. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you probably think this is about you because it is, but no, it's uh, it was very therapeutic to say the least. Mm-hmm. I think making music um, for any artist is it comes from the soul, and if it doesn't come from the soul, it's not gonna relate to anybody. It's not gonna connect with anybody because nobody's gonna feel that emotion behind it. So it does take a lot of emotion, and yeah. I think that's another reason why it took so long to make this album was because I would hear the song and be like, "That's not it yet," you know. Like yep. and my producer would get so mad at me because he was always wanting to put out stuff right away. He was always wanting to get something out there to start drawing in the, all the audience and attraction, but it was more like, it's not done yet. Like, like let me perfect it. Let me get that emotion to the point where it's like, it hurts me almost, mm-hmm. you know, because it's like, wow, yeah, that's that's what I want to get across. So there was a lot of going back and forth on that because, like, he just wanted it done, you yeah. know? And I'm just like, nope, <laughs> like, yeah. give, me, give me a couple more months. And he's like, come on, we got to get it done. I'm like, no. <laughs> So there's a lot of back and forth from Chris Denny to Brad Padre to me to get everything just perfect. But and even now I listen to it sometimes. And I'm just like, you know, I could have done this. Yeah, you know, like and yeah, that's always, always why that it's so regret. hard to listen. It's always hard, to, so so hard to listen to yourself because it's like, oh, I really could have, you know, harmonized that better, or I really could have meshed that up better, or added this instrument, or you know, and it's always going to be like that. But I'm I'm happy with the final product. I mean, do you, did you feel that way when you put out Can't Go Back, though, where you were oh, just yeah. like, I should have changed this. I should have changed that. Oh, yeah. So you kind of so you kind of knew it was coming. I mean, mm-hmm. like if you're putting out an album, it's like, well, here's t- you know, 12 chances for me to feel that way instead of just one. You know, it's it, exactly. especially when it's all out there. It's it's out there and you're done. You know, it's yep. a whole album with like a single. You can kind of gauge the response and change a little bit if you need to. But the whole album was it was great. Like uh, it starts out, like you said, kind of rock and roll. It grabs everyone's attention. Uh, it kind of goes into this. Uh, I don't want to say like sad, but you know it is kind of sad. It's uh, it's almost like you're pulling somebody back with the emotions. It has this weird like perseverance kind of feel to it as well until you get to the title track, where I, like I said, that kind of feels like the gear change. It's almost like 
no, now I'm positive about everything that happened. I'm mm-hmm. I'm looking past it. I'm going past everything. And that was something, as I was listening to the album, I was thinking like, oh, this is actually like, I don't know if you intentionally did that. I'm sure somebody did. I'm sure that's the reason behind <laughs> it. But it kind of feels like it has this uh, emotion. Yeah, like this emotion that's being resolved by the end of the thing. And it's, uh, it's pretty wild because I, when I think about people and putting out a whole album, I'm sure that's something that's got to be a thought in your mind when you're putting a whole album out. You know, you got to feel like you're bringing people through something you know um whether it be uh i mean not everything it's not like a whole concept album either though it's not like you're taking like this is the one story start to finish here it goes yeah. it's but it is you know it's kind of a roller coaster yeah in a way. yeah but it definitely has that ending where it's just like you know it's what made me yeah and i mean there's there's gonna be times in your life that are really hard but it's just how you face it and how you overcome it and kind of i don't know come up from it like Mm -hmm. the way (laughs) the way that everybody likes to uh bring it up is kind of like a phoenix from the ashes like Mm -hmm. you know you're awesome kind of burns falls and then all of a sudden it's like no you're something better and Mm -hmm. something more stronger um from those experiences in your life and it's just literally how you overcome it and how you face it that makes you who you are exactly and you could take it in a really dark way or you can just say nope that happened like i'm better from it and this is how i'm gonna move forward and that's kind of how I wanted the album to go. It was kind of like, it starts off kind of like, screw this, screw that, you know, like that punk, you know, flair. And then all of a sudden it's just like finding yourself and it's mm-hmm. like, all right, you're going to have that anger and then you're going to have the sad, you know, like nobody loves me kind of feeling. And then all of a sudden you have like, you know what? No, this is who I am. This is mm-hmm. what I'm going to deal with. This is how I'm going to benefit from it and move on. And that was kind of like the album kind of up and downs, but. <laughs> I feel like everyone can relate to that though. Like I'm, I'm sure... I'm very certain everyone's had like a heartbreak that they went through the exact same emotions, you know, doing all that. And I get it that like listening to heartbreak music might not be everyone's thing, but it's also one of those things you've felt this. So if you listen to the album start to finish, you're going to feel the emotions and be like, I was there, I was there, I was there. I've been to all these places, you know, because that's the way it is. Like everything's great. And then all of a sudden you're just like mad at everything. It's almost like you're going through like a psychological psychology 101 textbook and just being like, here (laughs) we go. These are the emotions we follow, you know, and it's, it's, it's pretty spot on. And I think that's one of my favorite things about listening to it was that once again, like the production is insanely good on this. How much of the instrumentals and things do you do like in house here? So a lot of it, um, starting out with Brad Padre and myself, um, he was kind of my muse. He would start playing something either with like on the keyboard or his little drum kit and I'd start humming something and it would either be like, oh, that sounds good. You know, keep with that or, hey, let's try these notes. And I would start playing something different. And so we kind of bounced back and forth on each other a little bit until we got like a beat down that I liked. And then I started making the music for it and writing it down and composing it. And then once we perfected what we thought was good sounding, we sent it over to Chris Denny and Chris Denny was, he was our star. Like he, Mm -hmm. you know, added his own riffs to it. You know, he would have, for instance, at the end of, um, you probably think this song is about you. We had um, him hire a violinist. And at the end you can hear him just jamming out on the violin and it just sounded like something I could never even imagine myself. So Mm -hmm. I'm so glad I had that extra brain to be like, oh, a violin would sound, you know, really good at this because it was just all acoustic at first. It was just literally me and my guitarist Alejandro um, who just jammed out one session and we sent it over and Brad Padre did his little tweak in with it. And then we sent it over to Chris Denny and Chris Denny just like perfected it. Like a lot of it, I have to give hands down to Chris Denny because he did take what we were kind of giving him 
Um, and it was just like different tracks too. It was like, all right, here's our guitar. Here's my vocals. Here's, you know, this drum here's, you know, we just gave it to him in segments and he just like stitched it together like a seamstress, like just oh, beautifully. Crazy. Like it was, yeah, it was just amazing. I have no words to express how much I owe that man. He's very good at what he does. So <laughs> this is kind of crazy. So I like to think of analogies to describe things. So this is kind of like you guys built everything on a car, the frame, the seats, the whole nine yards. Mm-hmm. And you were like, somebody put a body on this. And he, and exactly. he was just like, all right. And you mm-hmm. took all the parts apart and you shipped it down to him and he put it all back together and said, here's the body I put on it. Yep. That's wild. You know, that's, that's crazy. And I love those kind of things where you can kind of team up with other people to do that because, and it's not like it wouldn't have been good if you just like said, this is what we got. Let's put it out. Mm-hmm. But it also adds that extra dynamic of, it's just like this, is something that um i've had other people look at and we've all decided that this is what we think is the best thing that i could put out you know and people you know people think that oh nobody does that it's like uh, everybody does it everybody that's like a professional musician has a producer (laughs) that does that kind of stuff there would be better if there was a solo in here this solo in here isn't right change it you know and they they add these like little things where they ask them to do things and i get some people that might listen to this that are like singer songwriters like the integrity of the music or whatever (laughs) but it's that's the way it's done honestly like comedians have done it everyone's done it anyone that's put out anything that's worthwhile they've all done it they've spun ideas off of other people i think that's great that somebody else you know can look at that and then put it all back together and be like i added this extra thing in here what do you think of it you know mm-hmm. i'm sure that's not like did you ever send anything down to him and he sent it back and you're like oh, let's change it to this oh yeah okay that, that, that happened quite a bit and i mean that's when the frustration starts growing because you know he'll add something and he'd be like oh this sounds so good and i'll listen to it and be like well how about we you know change yep. it to this and he's like well i spent hours doing this like i understand like i'm sorry but like at the end of the day it's like it has to speak to me. Otherwise it's not me. Mm-hmm. And I don't want people to twist something and make it sound their way mm-hmm. when, you know, I'm trying to, you know, perceive myself. So no, we, we did a lot of bouncing off back and forth between Brad Page, myself and Chris Denny. But, um, at the end of the day, I think we were all just very pleased with what came out. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, it was just an ongoing, ongoing, ongoing project. So it was like, we met up probably two, three times a week, did some recording, did editing, sent it to Chris Eddy. We had to wait for like a little while for it to come back because he's, you know, busy with multiple other projects. And I believe he's in a band as well. So he was always oh, wow. meeting up with them. And he was just, I mean, to be honest, with like the little amount of time that he had to do all this, he, I, I'm just awestruck. <laughs> That's crazy. I just, I can't keep complimenting him because I'm just like, oh my God, I'm just like flattering him too much. But no, he, he definitely made it what it is. And I think if it was just Brad Padre and myself, it would be a little bit more grungy, I think it would be, because yeah. he um, he actually does do music of his own um, with his little group. They are rapping pirates. Um, mm. Yeah, they were on America's Got Talent. That's cool. Um, they didn't make it very far, but I give them the kudos to actually yep. get that you know confidence and <laughs> motivation to go on stage in front of everybody and pursue your dream, but... Um, yeah, they, they they do all that kind of stuff, and it was very grungy and very, like, rap, and that wasn't really my style, so I feel like if it was just Brad Padre and myself, it wouldn't have been, you know, what it is now, where mm-hmm. it's very pop and very hip, I guess, but, so, yeah, it just, I love having critics, I guess is the best way to put it, because they weren't yes men. They yeah. weren't like, oh, that sounds good, we're going to keep it like that. It was, that sounds good but how about we do this or how about we try this sound or how about we add this instrument? And it was, or how about we change, you know, your vocals and you either harmonize with it or how about you hit a higher note at this part? And it was just so much easier to work with them because it wasn't like, they're not just going to be like, Oh yeah, that sounds good. Move on. 
kind mm-hmm. of thing. It was like, no, let's take our time. Let's perfect this. Let's make sure it sounds good. Even though Brad Padre was like, you know, like, let's go with it. Yep. But um, no, without those guys, I think I would have released something that I wouldn't have been as proud of mm-hmm. because it would just been like a out there. Here's my vocals and some random instruments. And this is what we do. But no, they, they did a great job. So yeah, down for them. <laughs> yeah. It's also really cool. Like they're, like you said, they weren't just yes men. So they weren't like, Oh, this is amazing. You're going to be a star and then just put it out there. But they also weren't like, this is the way it's gotta be punching yeah. down on you or anything either. So it's kind of cool. Everybody worked well, you know, had this nice happy medium like right there that you could all work out with. Cause I mean, have you ever worked, tried to work with anybody in a music sense or was this like, are these the only people you've ever had an opportunity to work with? Cause I'm sh- Yeah. These were like the only ones that yeah. I've, and I mean, to be honest, it was probably the best experience just to kind of get to know what's going on in that music world. Kristenny has a lot more ties than Brad Padre or I do. Um, and he kind of gave me some good pointers and a lot of reality moments. Cause yeah. it's like, you can't get too excited or too worked up about, Oh, like I'm releasing an album, like I'm going to be a star. Like that's, that's not how that works. Like mm-hmm. everybody, I mean, has either made music at some point or played live at some point or, you know, put some kind of music out there and their initial reaction is like, they're very proud of it. So they figure like, Oh, I sound so good. Everybody's going to love me. Everybody's going to, you know, start following me and download my music. And it's like, that's not how that works. Like you yeah. definitely have a lot of marketing to put out there. You definitely have to put yourself out there, put a lot of time into it. It's not something that happens overnight. Mm-hmm. Um, for some, it might. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying that's not a thing, but yep. go viral, you know, do the YouTube Bieber thing, whatever, you know, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But they definitely helped me kind of ground me to that reality where it's just like, you know, we can do all this work and put all this money and effort into it. But at the end of the day, it just relies on like you, like mm-hmm. if you're going to keep with it, if you're going to you know, go far with it. Other than, other than that, I might just flop and that's what happens. I mean, it's just, it's reality. So you kind of just have to take it with a grain of salt, I guess. <laughs> do you find a, do you find it hard to have like a balance between uh, making music and just being like, and this isn't like trying to hop anybody up, but like be a regular person. So like a good example, of this would be like, regular person. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I used air quotes for everybody watching. Um, but like when I put out an album with three finger Betty, everyone was just like, it's so cool. You got an album out with three finger Betty. I was just like, yeah, it's neat. You know? And so like, I might've taken it too far, like in the humble route. Cause I was just like, you know, nobody cares. It's just music. Everyone's put out an album, you know, listen to it if you want to. But it's also like, I'm kind of happy. I didn't go the other direction where I was just like, dude, I'm so cool. Yeah. I put out an album. Dude, I don't even talk to me. Like, you know. I'm going to get a tattoo of mom with a heart around it on my shoulder. I'm just going to flex to everybody, you know, like just do something crazy like that. So do you ever find it was like weird to try to like find the middle ground to just be like, instead of just being like, yeah, I got a, I got a song out there. It's cool. Or just like trying to just not be too much of a shill on the other end of it though too. Uh, I mean, there's moments where like, especially when people like found out, like without me telling them, I think that was like a little, it gives you like a little adrenaline, adrenaline rush if I can get my tongue to work it's not working this whole freaking show um but no it was kind of like a wow like they noticed me and so that kind of gives you like a little bit of an edge but most of the time I would say like I'm just your typical neighbor girl like I just promote my music here and there when I can it never really gets to me too much sometimes I like I'm like oh yeah like I have an album out that's pretty cool not many people can say that they you know worked on an album and produced it and put it out there but then at the end of the day it's just like I'm just a singer songwriter. Like, I mean, like everybody else has a passion for something. That's just my passion. And, um, I like to think that I'm pretty humble about it because, you know, my friends get really pumped up about it and I think they are more 
how would you say they they try to like perceive me especially when I'm out and about with them they're like oh yeah like my friend's a singer she has an album out and I'm just kind of like hi like yeah. my name's Sid like you know like I, I would have never said that out loud if she hadn't said it I'm yeah, sorry yeah. Like, I'm like, I'm like I'm not trying to sound like arrogant or anything like I'm just here's my card like, yep, yep. but no it was it's it I don't really say there's like a balance it's just kind of like it's my passion it's what I do I wouldn't really call it like a career more than like a hobby and yeah so I mean that's what I'm finding a lot of people are like with music they're just like well, this is just like a hobby gone crazy you know yeah. like this is just this is what I do but it's but it's not what I do but when I have free time this is what I do and I have like goals and things that I try to complete when I'm doing this but you know and that's not something you can say for like other hobbies not that like there isn't but like I mean you could have like uh, I like you know quilting or whatever and it's like well that's a hobby but there's no like I mean, there are like quilt fairs and things like that, but there's no like <laughs> I go on stage and show everyone my quilt and everybody cheers, you know, or nothing like that. So there's not like that aspect of it. But art always has this weird thing. I mean, even if it's just like visual artists, uh, you know, people that make like uh, paintings or sculptures or anything like that, musicians and and all those kind of performing arts, uh, whether or not they're actually directly performing. There's like these weird things that I feel like a lot of us have to go through where it's like yeah, I make paintings or whatever, you know, but I don't know if I am a painter or whatever. It's like, well, yeah, you are. I mean, um, a buddy of mine, like one said, like, how many bridges do you have to build before you're a bridge builder, you know? And it's like, well, that's, you know, it's a good point. You know, all you have to do is build the first one. So, I mean, it's, I never felt like I had too much. I mean, when I was younger and I made music, when I was like in high school, I was just like, I'm the coolest, you know? And I, and I rode that wave of like high school. I don't want to be mean, but like, I was just, a dick I was just mean to everyone and then I kind of like humbled myself with music realizing when I went out to play like publicly I was like there's way better people out here than I am and I had to like kind of tone it all back and now I'm kind of like dipping my toe back in and people are just like he's got this album out with his punk band I'm just like ah, you know I play music you know so it is kind of weird when people find it on their own though like uh uh, I mean, I don't know how to describe it or what to like relate it to with other people, but it, it's, it's almost like shocking where they're just like, Hey, I heard your album. And you're just like, and hey, what'd you think? You know, you're just like, uh, <laughs> yeah, you always, you always and, have the reaction. It's like, like, and, uh, what did you not yeah, like? Yeah, exactly. It's never like, Oh, what'd you like? It's like, all right, what did you hate? Like, yeah. what, what should I have changed? But no, I, I always get really anxious, especially like my mom. She's like a huge promoter. I think she markets me more better than I market myself and <laughs> always takes every opportunity. I mean, she always has the cards on her. And there was one time we went out to eat actually with uh, my grandparents at uh, Hickory Park out in Ames. Nice. And our waiter, I, I can't remember how it even got into conversation. Somehow she just kind of works that in somehow like, oh, yeah, my, my daughter's a singer-songwriter and she has a music video and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, all of a sudden I know that she's like handing out all these cards to people at the restaurant. And I'm like, what is happening? I thought we were just having dinner. Like, can we just she's like, like turn around backwards, handing yeah. them over the booth like, you guys won't take one of these. Yeah. She's giving them out to like the workers there and everything. And I'm just like, oh, my God. That's like, you know, the, she's very proud of it. And like, I, I mean, I'm proud of it, too. But I just... I still have that humble sense where I'm just like, you know, I'm just here for dinner. Like, you know, here's my card, you know, but yep. it's not like, I mean, my mom will get up and actually read the room and kind of like, <laughs> cause it's just, it makes eye contact with somebody. And all of a sudden it's just like, oh, sh no, mom, no, mom, like, don't, don't go over there. Leave them alone. They're just having dinner. So, but. Y'all look like you got teenage children. They might yeah, listen to pop yeah. music. Check out my daughter's pop album. It's amazing. She's, I mean, she even works at like a retirement home. Bless her heart. You know, like you yep. see where this is going. But um, I gave her some of my CDs and I'm like, hey, if you want to like either hand these out or you could try to sell them if you want to. She's like, oh, no, we're going to sell them for like $10. And I'm like, <laughs> who wants to buy a CD for $10? You know, but she sold all of them. That's crazy. To, like these retirement people, yeah. you know, at this old home. And I'm just like, 
who is listening to my music that would even like it, you know, like that it's, it kind of makes you laugh a little bit. Cause it's just like, they're probably thinking, you know, it's some kind of music that appealed to them. And they're like, they put it in they're like, who's this Sid Bowie person? Yeah. Like, what is this? Like, like, either that or they're out there belting it out in the shower. Yeah, it's just like right. singing it into their, you know, their brush or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be so awesome. So, but yeah, she's just, she's a huge promoter. I think. If anything, she'd probably be a manager of me one day because she just is always mentioning things like, hey, let's try to get you to perform here. Or how about we try to market you here? Or, you know, she has all these ideas that, you know, I don't really come up with most of the time. And I really rely on her sometimes to give me that little information or just that motivation to keep doing what I'm doing. Because there's times where you do get kind of down on yourself and you're like, well, that didn't really take off like I thought it was. Or, you know, I'm not where I thought I would be. And she kind of gives you that, like, no, like, keep going, keep pushing, like, otherwise you're never going to get to that point, and so, I mean, she's kind of my backbone on that, but. Oh, God bless moms. Yeah, I was yeah. just going to say, like, that was so, like, cliche, but, yeah, like, oh, mom power. Yeah, no kidding, <laughs> and I mean, like, that's another thing I'm finding in here is a lot of people have, like, that support internally. Uh, my last guest was a musician, and, he, and he's just, like, a young guitarist guy, but his dad plays with him and helps him and stuff like that, and kind of pushes him to do things and he joined actually joined a band with his dad his dad like hopped back in the music scene and wow. it's like it's like that's wild to have some like one of your parents you know kind of push you and help you out like that was your mom always a singer or did she can she sing or um she she can sing whether she likes to like admit it or not because I do remember growing up she always was very like I mean vocal I mean we would be like sitting at the dinner dining table my brother and I would just be sitting there and she'd be like singing in the kitchen like just some random song or something that she maybe just made up and she always make like silly songs especially when she was pissed at people when driving Mm -hmm. she would start like angrily singing at people (laughs) about like you know like turn your blinker on or like you know just little stuff like that so it's like it would always kind of like get me to like start singing even if it was just for silly things like that and then progress from there as well but no she's she's very good at singing I just don't think she would ever like admit it or Mm -hmm. like try to showcase it because she just kind of leaves that to me but um no she's She's awesome. <laughs> I smell a duet coming on yeah, here pretty right soon. Give your mom a, a verse on the next next single. Well, she did write the lyrics for um, If Only. Oh, no way. That yep. is so cool. So, yeah, she I kind of edited and tweaked it a little bit, but she wrote it, and I remember reading the lyrics. I'm just like, this better not be about my dad. Like, it's kind of <laughs> a sad-ass song, but... <laughs> Um, no, she definitely helped me put that one together and, um, she, I remember she gives me the little piece of paper that had it sketched out on there and she was like, do you want me to like hum how you think it should be or how it should go? And I'm like, no, like, let's just see if like it meets to what you're thinking, you know? Mm-hmm. So I went to, uh, Brad Padres, we kind of like recorded it, played with it for a little bit, um, sent it over to Chris Denny, Chris Denny did his magic, sent it back and I remember listening to it and I even started getting teary eyed and I'm like, I never get teary-eyed to my own music like that's I don't know why I'm I mean some people might but it's just one of those moments where it's just like wow like this actually hits home and it's like one of the sadder songs I guess on the album it's a little bit slower paced um but I remember showing it to my mom for the first time and she got so overwhelmed that she started crying and I'm like all right we're just gonna have a little cry fest real quick like (laughs) pull ourselves together um but it was kind of like one of those like bonding moments where she's like wow like you actually want to put it on your album and you want to like have it out there I'm just like well yeah like you know I was hitting a rough spot with writing so that kind of like helped get that stone rolling again where it's just like not only do I have people supporting me with this even like during my harder times but it was just like they get their word out there too they get their voice and so I'm just kind of help projecting it in a little bit of a ways but 
um no i loved collaborating with her she had a lot of fun with it <laughs> that's so crazy like the, the co-write with the mom that's so nuts i don't know if i'm gonna ever co-write anything with my mom <laughs> um but uh yeah I don't, I don't it just makes me think so much fun stuff like i it's not like my mom doesn't support me i've told this story on an, a previous podcast and i've i've told it to many people um even on stage before but like there's one song like i play in a punk band uh not all of our songs are um socially acceptable because that's what punk is all about you know whatever rock and roll and uh we we play one song that's uh let's just say it's like a little bit vulgar and my mom like just got up and left in the middle of a show like the first show she went to and i mean she's super nice so i was like what'd you think and she's just like it wasn't for me and it's like all right fair enough you know like that's that's fair enough but it's it is kind of fun to like just compare that story to other people's stories you know uh and like once again it's not like my mom doesn't support me it's not like she's just like this sucks you shouldn't do this she's just like it just wasn't for me you know and it's uh it is kind of fun that like you have something that you can share with your mom you know in that sense not to get all like oh so sweet but like <laughs> my mom doesn't love me because my mom does love oh, me no. my mom loves me everybody she's a nice lady she's uh, a great lady. she just doesn't like songs with profanity because she's such a nice lady you know so but like i remember telling that story like on stage once and someone was just like is that real i'm like yeah it's real like <laughs> but i you know i kind of don't blame her though too because if like somebody was just like hey come check this out and then they went to it and it was just like whoa that's insane so um but yeah like that's just punk rock you know especially for somebody that grew up in like the 60s and 70s and listened to a lot of those kind of music you know it's like that's a far cry from what my mom grew up with you know Mm -hmm. but I feel like this you know like pop music is kind of something that everybody can listen to you know whether or not you grew up now or in the 60s or in the 80s or whatever it's always kind of been there in some sense in the same general formula um and it's it's kind of morphed over the years is there anybody that you think you style yourself after that you borrow bits from or is this all just like completely organic stuff from you sitting in a room alone just punching stuff (laughs) in the keyboard i'd say it's a little bit of both um i did start getting more of my inspiration from Billie eilish Mm -hmm. um she's really been taken off um won several grammys like good for her yep (laughs) um no like i remember hearing ocean eyes which was like her first huge music video for single um, she was only 13 years old and I just remember being like, dang, like yep. how come I'm not making music like that? Like, I feel like a lot of the stuff that she was making, like I should have been making, you yep. know? And so I kind of had this like envy, you know, jealousy for her. Cause I'm like, man, she's like a young artist. She's hitting all the, like the trending, um, music times. I mean, it's, it's really hard to come up with something that's fresh, that's new, that's your own creative style. And yet, you know, you're winning Grammys for it all of a sudden. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and I mean, several in a row, like undeniable at that point, you know? And so it's like, well, she's doing something right. Like I take pointers from her, but I think, you know, obviously as you look around the room, David Bowie has been a huge influence on me as well. So, I mean, I've kind of taken some inspiration from him as well. So a little bit of David Bowie, a little bit of Billie Eilish, but for the most part, Sid Bowie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like when I listen to it and I'm not proficient in pop music, but I was listening to it and I'm like, hell, this doesn't really like sound like you just copied anyone though. You know, cause mm-hmm. like when you say David Bowie, it's like, well, if you put a David Bowie album and this next to each other, they're not mm-hmm. the same thing, even close, you know, yeah. I'm sure it's the same thing with Billie Eilish and, and you as well. But like uh, the one thing I was thinking was like, well, it's a good thing you're not here with like half black and half green hair or yeah, something right. like i don't know i kind of like her a little bit i didn't really copy her style you're just like flipping your hair around <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah but no i i think that uh even though i take inspiration from some people and i would say more more inspiration from Billie eilish with some of the pop kind of songs um 
I know that when I did first start singing at AJ's, a lot of people um, were like, have you heard of Billie Eilish? I'm like, have I heard of Billie yeah. Eilish? Like, is that a trick question? <laughs> and uh, for the longest time, AJ's did not even have Billie Eilish songs. I was the one that actually made them download three or four. Yeah. Um, I think Ocean Eyes was the first one and then Bad Guy and um, you, what was the other one? Um, oh, shoot. Oh, I Love You by Billie Eilish. That All was right. another huge um, I think tearjerker was mm-hmm. the right word to call it because I remember singing that one and I looked out and people and they're like, you know, like getting all tears. I was like, oh crap, like this is not the right vibe. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I can't like, even have a good time, yeah, woman. Were, what are you doing? Everybody's drinking alone, you know, like just <laughs> crying. And I'm like, oh God, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Mood changer. But no, I, I definitely take, you know, a good shining to those guys and I know Billy is going through some new experimental music right now, too, that I kind of was like, ooh, that's kind of a different take. Because I think I admire her more to the fact that, like, when somebody starts putting her in a box, she's like, nope. And she, like, breaks through that box. And she's like, just kidding. I also do, you know, this style of music or I can spin it to this kind. And I kind of liked that because it's like, I don't really want to be put into a box either. I don't want to be like, oh, that's that pop girl. Or, like, Mm -hmm. you know, she just does this kind of style of music. It's just like oh, she can spin it to whatever she's feeling at the time kind of thing. Yep. So I really admire that. I was actually talking to somebody about that online. Uh, they hit, hit, I mean, I get a lot of people that just message me about music stuff constantly. Uh, tons of inboxes. I'm sorry if people have like, you know, tried to message me and I'm slow to get back to you. I got to check a bunch of inboxes for this stuff. But I was talking with somebody about that recently about how like, it seems like some musicians, once they get to a certain level of popular, if they change something, all of a sudden, like, their most hardcore fans are just like, don't like it anymore, you know, so they get stuck in that box, you know, and I think that's one of the important things about constantly pushing the boundaries or always changing things a little bit where it's just like, yeah, well, you know, I I, I wrote a sad song, but guess what, or I wrote a happy song, too, you know, or like, I wrote this, this is a party girl song, and this is the, this is the me alone at home doing my stuff song, and this is the, the COVID song, and the, you know, you got <laughs> yeah. all the songs, you know, so... You can yeah. kind of just spin it any way you want to. And like, you know, like we said, the album is, it seems to be a, a lot about like love and relationships, mm-hmm. but like you have written other songs that aren't necessarily about that. Like, for example, you did write a song about uh, COVID-19, about being uh, yeah. essential. Essential. But yep. uh, that was something when we talked a little bit about this, we kind of graced over those songs and you were like, somebody asked me to write those for him for TikTok. And uh, yeah. how did that come about? Because I'm not even on TikTok. <laughs> So, um, yeah, my producer and I were just messing around on TikTok and we saw like, I mean, obviously during the pandemic, a lot of people turned to TikTok because it was starting to pick up at that time. Everybody was locked in their homes, trying to find creative things to do and express themselves um, just to get out there and, you know, engage with other people. And uh, one of them was like, how about we just do, you know, some TikTok songs about how you work at a coffee shop and the coffee shop is still up and running and has you know, the lobby open, they're kind of not really following the guidelines, but we have like maybe those little plexiglass shields, but you know, nobody was really wearing masks because you know, they had to drink their coffee or like, oh, yeah. you know, so like we were the only ones wearing masks and taking the precautions, but I felt like everybody else was trying to be normal still. Yep. And so I, it was frustrating because it's just like, why am I considered essential when so many places are closing down? Like because of the spike, especially in the Des Moines area. Yep. Um, and it was like kind of frustrating. And I remember going over and just venting on my producer, like, all right, you know, screw this, screw that. Like, you know, I'm tired of being called essential, making people coffee that are just Karens, you know, that are like chastising you for stupid things when they're not even following their guidelines. And he's like, how about we make a TikTok about, you know, we'll do like a three segment, you know, four segment, however, TikTok of, 
you just singing about how you work at a coffee shop and, you know, you're essential and you have to be here and you have to do this because it's so important. You know, people have to have their coffee in the middle of a pandemic, you know. Mm-hmm. So we kind of like spun it and made it kind of silly and goofy and that took off really well. Um, and that's kind of how I started putting my music out there. Cause I was like, Oh, because you know, TikTok can either be a hit or a miss when it comes to music. Cause everybody makes music, right? Everybody mm-hmm. has a great voice. Everybody has a great style. So how do I get mine out there? And so at first it was just jokingly like, yep. you know, I make music and it's going to be about how I'm essential. And then all of a sudden we get another request saying like, Hey, you know, I really like your style of music. Can you make me like a little TikTok segment? So I was like, sure what are you thinking and they kind of give you like the basis of what they're looking for and that's how ringleader came out which is kind of like this clown rock and roll like style carnival music kind of mm-hmm. thing and it was just it was out of my element but i i loved doing it it was kind of like to prove to people that you know i'm not just a pop person i can do some weird rock and roll clown thing yeah. and, you know <laughs> so it was it was fun just to like experiment with tiktok and and, you know, collab with other people and get their ideas. Um, and that kind of got the stone rolling as well. It was just like, well, you know, what else do I do? I'm in the middle of a pandemic. There's not really many ways to get my music out there. So how can I promote myself? How can I put myself out there in a really bizarre way? And that was probably the best one to do is just, hey, guys, like, I'm a TikToker. I want to make music for you guys. What should I do? And just leave it open-ended and... yeah. Like, the comments and stuff that came back was just like, oh, wow, like, we're actually gaining people's attention from it. Yeah. So, it went really well. I have heard a lot of people say a lot of good things about TikTok, especially when you open-end things, uh, or you just put stuff out there kind of jokingly, where you're just like, ah, here's, like, a small clip of something that's nonsensical or whatever. Uh, as far as the song that you put out, I'm Essential, like, I think you did a good job balancing, like... Uh, showing what you were frustrated with but doing it all in a com- comedic sense because mm-hmm. i mean like once again this isn't about like what's right or what's wrong but they had like all these guidelines set up but there was like all these ways you could break them and like one of the weirdest things was like how am i supposed to go into a building and then i just take my mask off and i can like eat and like drink stuff but then somebody's just like hey you should put your mask on i was like no nah, i'm eating dude and you're just <laughs> like it's, it's just the whole thing was just weird to me yeah. and so like you did a good job of kind of calling all that out too where it's just kind of like this is this is weird all i'm, I'm here to just pretty much like make you drinks and risk uh, my life doing it yeah like, what? <laughs> it, it, it was like i said you weren't just like cramming it down anyone's throat and i think that was one of the best parts about it it was like uh artistically done in a sense where somebody could actually like be like oh you're obviously joking about this you're serious but you're doing it in a joking yeah. fashion that people can just be like oh yeah that's kind of nuts you know uh <laughs> So kudos for that without like, you know, because like I, like I said, I, I played in like a metal band and a punk band and a lot of that is pretty much just straightforward telling somebody what you think, but there's not mm-hmm. a whole lot of like dancing around it, but you did a, like a nice job of like, you know, <laughs> artistically saying something without actually just coming out and, and, and being mean about it. So that was like something I was pretty impressed with about uh, I'm Essential. I was like, this is actually pretty fun. Did you have anybody do any like dances to it or anything yeah, like that? I actually did have, um, I don't know how many videos I have now, but like on the first week I had like five or six people like duet it. Mm-hmm. Either them like lipping, syncing the words at, at their work, you know, kind of <laughs> like... Probably at a coffee shop. Yeah, something, <laughs> something similar. It was definitely food business related because I feel like a lot of those people could relate to it and be like... Yeah. You're like, you know, everybody else is closing, like, you know, a lot of lobbies are closed and everything, but why are we open kind of thing? Because it's like, there's a certain extent to like, yeah, you need to feed people. Yeah, people need to have that normality in their life to like get coffee every morning. But at the end of the day, they don't realize like you're putting yourself out there to be exposed to this just to like serve them something that they could have done at home. Yeah. You know, like, or went to the grocery store, grabbed what they needed and then went home and did it themselves. But now it's like, I want to come in for coffee. I want to like put myself in that position. And you would deal with people day in, day out of, 
you know, they obviously had an issue with us wearing masks. I remember having one gal, we'll just call her Karen, um, that, like, that would literally be like, no, you need to take your mask off when you're talking to me. I can't understand. You know, it's like, oh my gosh. And I'm like, what? Why is everybody being so difficult? Like, that's the one thing I'm always just blown away by this whole thing. Why is everybody just being so difficult? Like, this is for your safety, not mine. Yeah. Like, this, like, I'm doing this for you. Like, I, I'm not, you know, super stoked wearing a mask and getting this great acne on my face, you know, like dealing with all these Karens. But it's just like, at the end of the day, they just see it as like a hassle. They see it as like another barrier in the way. And it's just like, no, like we're doing this to go back to normal. And we can't go back to normal until you like shut up and follow the guidelines. Yeah. I'm trying to help you. Screw this. I'm writing a song yeah. about it. You know, like, <laughs> somebody dance to this stuff, please. So, yeah. <laughs> so I feel like people did relate to that in a way. They're just like, you know, yeah, it's a joking way. But deep down, we all knew the message behind it. It was kind of like, this is dumb, but we're yeah. doing it to do it to help everybody else. So. Yeah. I think that's one of the probably the greatest things about like writing all your music because even if somebody didn't like you know I, I didn't work in a place like that I did work in like um, let's just say like a business firm that had customers come in so it was a little weird for us after a while but then I traveled to work and they were just like you travel you can't come in and I was like all right um, but like I never worked in anything like that but I still like I get the gist of everything you're saying and I feel it because I had to go into some of those places like that and I'm like you're like a dick I'm just going into Dairy Queen to get a burger or something you know and it's like <laughs> you know like well, I, should, I shouldn't even be here you know like why are they here this I mean I could just sit at my house and make a sandwich and call it good you know like everyone else should but it's it the whole thing was just weird it was a weird adjustment period for people mm -hmm. and i think you did like the right thing kind of like artistically calling out what you felt about it without like i said like without just like ramming it down anyone's throat <laughs> it's all just a nice fun joke and like as far as the album too like ever once again everyone can relate to heartbreak um and if you can't man you've probably broken a lot of hearts you know like, <laughs> right. I don't know, like you're, you're just the one out there breaking all the hearts you're like i don't get this at all I don't, sorry this doesn't Sam. relate to me i don't yeah. know <laughs> I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> Life's been great for me the whole time. And the song's probably about you then. <laughs> it's probably about you. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, man. That's funny. I feel like we've covered most of the stuff on here. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I took very small amount of notes. Um, like I said, you and I kind of knew each other. We took some classes together back in the day. So this wasn't like a foreign meeting. So we kind of you know knew what each other was about a little bit. But this is fun because this is like the first time you and I have ever really like sat down and talked to each other about anything other than like business law or something. Yeah. You know, like it's accounting just, one on one. Yeah. Like, so yeah, this is kind of this is kind of nice. It's it's cool that you're out there still doing it. Like I said, when you said you put out an album, I was just like, nah, uh. Yeah. And so I had to go listen to it, and I was like, all right, we gotta we gotta get you back on the podcast. Because I remember when you put the single out, I was like, you maybe want to be on a podcast. You're just kind of like, I don't know, like maybe. I was like, sure. Yeah. Like very un unsure about it at the time because I mean it was still one of those moments that nobody's really approached me on it nobody really like and I feel like whenever I did tell somebody I did music or showed them I did music they're like that's you like you know they always had like that yeah like, second guessing and I'm just like yeah because yeah. I was always very quiet I guess yeah like, uh, honestly you kind of were in the you classroom know? you know I was like the one that was just like oh you're calling on me oh shit what do I say I, like, do, I, do, remember, <laughs> I do remember some of the other girls that were in our class like when you told us that you had a music video out and we're like we're all going to watch it and then like the next time we had class they were just like that was amazing yeah. you know like, and you're just kind of like thank you like I appreciate it <laughs> so it's kind of fun Oh, man. So, yeah, uh, you know, I appreciate you sitting down talking with me about your album uh, coming out. Uh, the TikTok songs, that was something else that was kind of fun. I was like, I listened to them and I'm like, these are different than everything else you've put out. And then you were like, these were on TikTok. And I'm like, all right, we got to talk about this, yeah. you know. <laughs> but it's kind of cool. You went from like doing a single to doing some TikTok stuff. You got a full album out. You got a new single that's going to come out mm -hmm. soon. Yeah. Uh, people can listen to it anywhere online as far as I know. I found it on Spotify, the album. Spotify, it should be on iTunes, literally like any kind of streaming. 
Nice. So, nice. Yeah, multi-platform. Um, Sid Bowie, the links will be down below. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about on the podcast while we're still um, here? Just stay tuned. I mean, we're going to do some singles here. Me and Ollie Pop, my guitarist, so mm-hmm. still working on that. We meet up every Monday, and we kind of have jam sessions and nice. tweak things here and there. We did have one song done, so we're hopefully going to be posting that here soon. Um, other than that, yeah, just keep an eye out for some singles. and. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. I'll put some links in the description. Thank you very much yeah. for sitting out talking with me. Thank Sid you Bowie. so much. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. Yep. It was a great opportunity. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was good to sit down and talk with Sid again. I hadn't seen her in a while. And uh, it was fun to, you know, like I said, about a month or so ago, I was like, hey, you still making music? And she says, yeah, I got an album. And it, it was pretty wild to be like, what? And then, you know, get to sit down and listen to it. So she has been busy since the last time I've seen her, which is pretty cool. You know, it's uh, it's one of those things when comes down to making music it, it kind of really doesn't matter what style you have because i think this is the first pop singer i've i've talked to I've, you know on my brief recollection but it doesn't what kind of matter what kind of music you're making as long as you're making music and then you know to be able to sit down and listen to this and be like this album's insanely well produced it's got a great flow to it from start to finish like we talked about in this episode you know it's pretty wild it's pretty wild this is a well thought out and well done album and then you know to find out she's on tiktok doing all that stuff too that's that's also pretty crazy so Hats off to her for keeping busy and doing uh, doing all this cool stuff. I'm looking forward to the next single coming out. And uh, yeah, if you guys uh, are looking for any of her information, check it out down below. There's links to her pages um, uh, on all the accounts. Uh, and you can also check out her album, which uh, is really, really cool. Like I said, you got to check it out. If you want to check out some Audible Farm stuff, go to audiblefarm.com. That's where all the Audible Farm goodies are at. Also, if you guys are looking to support the podcast in any way, shape, or form, you can do it monetarily by hitting up the Patreon page. There's video versions of the podcast each week up on the Patreon page. It costs $1 a month. That's uh, that's only $12 a year. And, uh, you know, for all the people that are patrons, I appreciate it. And uh, otherwise, if you guys are listening to this for free, hey, guess what? It's always going to be free, so don't worry about it. Uh, there's always going to be free versions, but if you guys are looking for some Audible Farm swag, we got some t-shirts and uh, I'm all out of hoodies. But we've got keychains and stickers and things like that. Um, the new t-shirts are sold out in almost every size, but I have more ordered and they are on the way. I can't wait to see what kind of shirt you choose. And uh, it's fun to see which musicians choose what color shirts and things like that. Um, you know, just some of my buddies and seeing who's choosing them. If you guys are curious about the new shirts, check them out. You can go to shop.audiblefarm.com. There's a link down below to the Audible Farm shop as well. And you can find all of the Audible Farm t-shirts that are going to be in stock here soon. Um, otherwise, we have the classic tees still available. Those are uh, available in bigger sizes as well. So check those out. They're also on the shop. And uh, if you guys are looking to support us non-monetarily, the easiest way to do that is to subscribe, like, share, uh, let your friends know. If you like this episode, share it with some of your buddies. You know, make a post about it. Um, comment on anything, too. That's another great way to, to let me know you're listening. Otherwise, I do have a lot of people track me down and tell me which episodes they specifically listen to and which ones they enjoyed. And it's really kind of fun to hear who chooses what episodes uh, because it's a wide variety. It's really a wide variety of who's choosing what and what they think of it. So it's pretty awesome. Most of the, most of the episodes I've gotten a lot of comments on, uh, it doesn't matter who the guest is. So that just lets me know people are out there listening. And I thank you guys very much for getting back to me and letting me know. And uh, if you enjoyed the episode, uh, thank you very much and let somebody know about it. And I think that'll do it for me this week. I'm going to check out of here. Uh, Be sure to check out Sid Bowie's links down below in the description section. And that's it for me. All right. We'll see you next week. Peace. Peace.